Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Hey, this is Grant Aldrich, founder of OnlineDegree.com. And if you want to learn how to build better relationships, you should be listening to Build Your Network podcast with my good friend, Travis Chapel. Welcome to the show. I'm Travis Chapel, and I chat with some of the world's top business influencers, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs in order to crack the code of networking. I believe that who you know is more important than what you know, and that your relationships ultimately determine the person that you become. So if you want to learn the new way of connecting, if you want to fill your network with quality people and skyrocket your results, then you're in the right place because this is the Build Your Network Podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Build Your Network. Today, I'm sitting down with Grant Aldrich. Grant founded OnlineDegree.com with a purpose-driven mission, make college more accessible and affordable for everyone. After graduating college with an overwhelming amount of debt, he was determined to change how students embark on their college education. He spent his entire career working in startups with nearly 15 years of experience and two prior exits to a publicly traded company. He has been a board member and donor to a number of nonprofits, an advisor to many publicly traded companies, and a guest speaker at seminars and graduate school courses. He also graduated with honors from University of California, Irvine in economics. Guys, I can't wait for you to check out this conversation that I'm going to have with Grant. We're going to cover some amazing things here. But first, really quickly, if you are a six or seven figure entrepreneur, a coach, a speaker, an author, a trainer, and you know how important it would be to have a podcast associated with your brand, but you just don't care to learn about how to work all the tech stuff in the background, um, then have me and my team do that. That's what we're good at. Head over to travischapel.com slash make my podcast to fill out a quick application. We'll chat sometime to see if you would be a good fit for us to build a show for you so you can focus on what you're good at, which is servicing your clients. We can focus on what we're good at, which is building world-class podcasts. Grant, what's up, my man? Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Thanks, Travis. Appreciate you having me. 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. So let's go ahead and build some context here. Head back in time for a second and uh, talk to me about uh, 12, 13 year old Grant, junior high Grant. What were you up to at that point? Um, you know, sports, academics, school, parents, family. Just tell me about what life was like for you back then. That's pretty far back. I'll tell you, I was, uh, I was a, a fat, uh, intellectually curious, nerdy kid. <laughs> that, gives, that paints a great picture. Yeah. <laughs> I have it in my head. Yeah. Yeah. And th- th- that doesn't sound too flattering, but you know, even from that age, I, I was always, I was always intellectually curious, which is great. And, um, but of do, course, do, 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 it- do you have an idea of why? You know, I'm not really sure why. Um, I don't know what instilled that in me, but you know, I, I'm pretty odd. For even from a young age, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur, and I and I had no one in my life that was an entrepreneur. <laughs> my parents were teachers, and I, so what the irony is that I knew I wanted it because I looked at that as that I've always wanted to have freedom. It's hmm. really weird. Ever since I was a little kid, you know, and I don't mean freedom in the adolescent sense of you know eating whatever you want, staying up late all night, like like lifestyle freedom. I knew I wanted that. And I knew that entrepreneurship would give me that, but I didn't even know what entrepreneurship was. I just knew that like having your own business and whatnot. And yet I had no one in my life to look up to, uh, to, to see what they were doing on a daily basis. Pretty crazy. Yeah. No kidding. It's crazy that you had that, that kind of intuition to know what you were going to be involved in from that young of an age without seeing examples of that. How do you recommend how do you recommend somebody in a similar position find examples of that? You know, it's tough because, you know, I think what you have to do and one thing that's really beneficial now is you got to go online and you can find mentors and advice from people that you don't even really know. I mean, look back then, you know, this was at, uh, so I'm, I'm about to be 40. So I grew up um, before the age of the internet and then through it. And so at that time, you know, there were no resources. You could watch some things on TV, you could get some catalogs, but it's just not the same as it is today. I mean, look at your show. You have access and like, or or if if you listen to subscribe to the show, like I do, you access all kinds of very interesting people who, you know, publish regularly, you talk regularly, and it's, it's, it's awesome. You can glean so much from these people without even having like a formal mentorship role. Right, right. So true. Um, so tell me then for you specifically, uh, it, it seems like this was something that was just in your DNA. So what, what was your first entrepreneurial venture, your first business venture? Yeah, well, I learned a very important lesson. So my first one was that I started at the age of 13 painting block walls in around neighborhoods. And this is very odd, but this was a very good lesson. And it's all about who you know, because my, um, so my family lived in this neighborhood that had like an HOA and they had, um, tons of white block wall trims. It was a pretty large neighborhood. Yeah. And instead of, and so my, my father at the time ran the committee to decide who was going to be, uh, who they would contract out a lot of the upkeep work to. And now, mind you, this was definitely not favoritism. If anything, my father was harder on me than he would have been on anyone else. So he was that kind of dad. He wasn't the, hey, you scoot you in front of line. It was, no, you have to prove it to me yeah. um, far and beyond anyone else. Yeah, even but more because, so than anybody. Yeah. Correct. But because I knew him, I knew that, A, there was an opportunity. 
And that B, that if I did prove myself, I would get all the contract work. And for the homeowners association, it was a big deal because for them, you get cheap labor, right? I don't have to hire this. This was, this was back in the eighties. You know, you don't have to hire a big expensive painting firm. We got this kid who's going to, who's only going to charge us 20 bucks an hour. But back then 20 bucks an hour for a kid was like incredible. Oh, that's like gold. Yeah. It was like gold. Right. (laughs) So that was my first one. And really, again, it was really just all about who, you know, because one, I never would have even known that you could get paid that much for the person that told me. And then two, uh, that, you know, I was able to get my foot in the door because of it. Yeah. So you heard about and landed the opportunity through connection. That's right. And of course you have to be able to, you know, that gives you, that gives you your first shot at it. Right. But you have to do a good job or else, uh, you know, you're not going to get that second shot. So I made sure I, you know, I was reading about what you do and how, how you become like a, you know, what, how you do a good job and make sure uh, people are happy, you know, and I made sure I got it. Yeah. So that was when you were 13 then. Yeah. So pretty early on first entrepreneurial venture, was it all you by yourself or did you, were you able to go like hire people, build a team, stuff like that? No, then I brought in a couple friends actually who worked with under me to do it. So it was great. Although I, I never took it to a big scale because, you know, there's only so many block walls in a neighborhood. And I felt that, you know, to kind of go, it, it wasn't worth the, the reward to try to expand out of that. It was just an easy opportunity, but a good first step. Yeah, that's amazing. Sorry, and sorry, my this work from home stuff, man. My dog was right next to me and started barking at somebody, the neighbor or something. So I, I apologize. No, that's okay. I'm going to have three kids barge in here and start yelling any second anyway. So I'll, I'll apologize <laughs> in advance. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, first entrepreneurial venture gives you like a, gives you that taste, right? Cause that's definitely how it was for me. It just gave me, gave me the taste for it. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it just, it's like, you know, you drew, drew your first blood, so to speak. And now, um, now you're looking for more opportunity. So how long until the next thing that you tried out and what was that next thing? The next thing actually was when I came out of college. So I, I would almost say that I went through a little bit of a hiatus and okay. I, I got a taste during that period of working normal jobs. So during, before that period, I worked through college as a, as a server, right? In a rush, couple of restaurants yeah. and uh, working retail. And that is an incredible experience because that's the only experience I've ever had outside of a startup. And it does give you an immense amount of perspective on what it's like out there. And how all the, you know, all the downsides of working in that kind of environment and some good character building. But then my first startup was right after college. I got into uh, the tech scene um, basically in early 2000s and uh, right after the crash. And it was a very interesting time and got jumped right in. And I've been in startups ever since my entire professional career. And what did you go to uh, college for? I went for economics. So I went to University of California, Irvine. Um, and I got an economics degree. And the irony, of course, being that I went into, you know, internet startups and haven't really applied it other than the kind of a big kind of macro sense. But even today, I'm, I'm back to my nerdy roots we covered. I still follow a lot of economic journals. I still love it and follow it, um, yeah, especially yeah. for investing and things like that. But I don't do it on a daily basis. Sure. Sure. So talk to me about the first startup then. What was it that grabbed your attention and got you to jump on board? You know, it was very organic. And actually, I knew someone who um, was had put something together in the healthcare space. Um, and at this time, this was in a time when in the healthcare space, lead generation and, you know, interest generation was really budding and, and you know, platforms. It wasn't there yet. Yeah. And so, you know, the... Um, 
the ideas weren't, you know, I, I, it actually didn't have, there was a lot of the reasons why I, I left because it wasn't a good fit for a lot of reasons. But then I started something with my, my business partner and the, the real first one that I like to think of, we were working in the aesthetic medical industry and with pharmaceutical companies, basically helping educate people and serving as a firewall triage um, between the medical companies, like let's say Botox, the consumer, and the physician's office where they would actually go and get treatment. So that you know, if you can imagine, to give you a little bit of taste, it's kind of problematic where if a company like Botox generates a patient that they determine where it goes because they don't want to, they don't want to even have to deal with that from like a liability standpoint. And they're not really good at driving that interest uh, online, at least at the time. Um, anyhow, so we would help drive the interest and we would serve as that firewall. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is uh, the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Interesting. Okay. So before we move on here, I want to pull out a couple of things because we've kind of glossed over them. Uh, you, so the very first thing that you're talking about that uh, that you just said, you said that you heard about it through a friend. And then this other thing that you're talking about, you said me and my business partner. So sprinkled throughout this entire journey, there's so much relationship you know, assets that you are working with. And it's clearly a part of not just your DNA, but what you believe you know, to, to make somebody successful. So talk to me about, uh, talk to me about those first couple of connections, how you were finding out about these opportunities and then how and why you formed a business partnership for your first venture. Yeah. Well, this, you know, a good lesson from all of this is that you never know. I mean, well, I guess I'd put it this way. Every person you meet has the potential to be your business partner or work with you for years and years and years. So throughout my career now, um, for the last 15 years, the people that worked with me early on still work with me today. 
And that's, and, and, and I can get into why that is, but you're right that you really have to realize that every person that you interact with is going to fit in some part of your network. It's, it's crazy. So my first business partner, I actually interviewed um, for a job that we had oh, no. and after, you know, and then after developing a really good relationship and seeing from a work perspective, just how credible and how powerful this individual was. And then after that, developing a very rich friendship, we just decided to go start our own business. And, and so it, it just happened organically. And, you know, again, if I hadn't, if I had not been open to making new relationships, if I, if I was in the incorrect mindset or I had my mind closed on these kinds of things, it never would have materialized. And, you know, my, my life would have been completely different. Yeah. I love, I love that you said that because that genuinely is so much of it is that so many people are so closed off to opportunity. Um, I don't know necessarily what that might be. Maybe it's just because a friend or family member or a parent told them to be that way because that person got burnt early on in their life through some, you know, sort of uh, similar opportunity or something. Like, I don't know exactly what it is, but you just find that so many people are closed off to opportunity and uh, th- those people are always the ones that are complaining about the lack of opportunity. You know what I mean? And it's Agreed. just like, well, it's probably because the last three times somebody's brought an opportunity to you, you haven't even heard them out because you have this preconceived notion of what it should look like. Maybe more opportunity would come your way if you were more receptive to more opportunity to begin with, right? That's right. And actually, I, I would even take that one step further that for, because for a lot of us, because um, I think everything you said is exactly right. And I think for a lot of us who are not, um, naturally outgoing network, you know, network builders, you have to put it like in, like in the front of your mind as something that you do every day and you put a lot of work in right. to accomplish. And I, and I think that's definitely for me because actually this experience is, is very good. So the best networker, I've got some very strong thoughts on this. The very best networker um, I've ever met in my entire life was that business partner and still is today. He's wow. the best. And, um, and there's a reason. So I learned an incredible amount by just watching him and learning from him. And the best part was he just does it naturally. And I, and I was able to identify a lot of key things from that relationship that he did that made him, in addition to some really cool books that I've read that I would also recommend, um, of what made him such a great networker. Yeah. yeah. So if, if you want to go into those, I would love to hear what those are. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the first thing that I think that people forget about is likability and just being likable and enjoyable to be around. And, you know, it, it, that doesn't just happen. Sometimes it happens naturally, but most of the time, if I don't, most people can probably relate with this, when you interact with marketing people or, or people on a business call, it's very cold. It's very, it's, it lacks a lot of, um, you know, personal and in, in, engagement. Yeah, right. It mostly just sucks. In fact, that's one of the reasons why I, I that's why it's called just, work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's and it's something about the mentality of people in the big corporations, right? That they're just become because usually, if you live, work in a big corporate environment, everybody's always like pitching you, and you know, you just you just basically your whole personality erodes, and you don't have to be likable anymore. And so when I meet someone and the minute that I meet someone who's like super gregarious and outgoing, I usually think, is this person an entrepreneur? Are they a salesperson? You know, what are they? Because they're obviously really good. And that's a key thing. So that's a big part of it is just being likable. And what I mean by likability, 
just wanting to like show your personality and actually genuinely have like a little bit of a personal connection with someone that, that takes, that's a mindset change. Yeah. Right. It is. And so that was the first thing I saw with with this. The second thing I saw was that the person genuinely wanted then to make good relationships and, and like liked having good conversations. So I think everybody else can relate with the next piece. You're on a business call. It's time to go. You got other stuff to do. You're going to get off that phone and go. And because you've got a lot of other work to do, and you're going to cut it short. This individual, on the other hand, would sit there for hours talking with somebody. And you could argue that that was a big waste of time. And that, wow, man, like while you were working on that, there was tons of stuff that fell down. But yeah. the relationships that he built because of that, he was willing to take the time to just have personal, like real, and, and he, he wasn't afraid of getting deep with the person about all kinds of things. The relationship he built are so strong. And yeah, again, right. when, and you and I would both agree, that's everything. If you've got, that makes your life so easy. Because if you can call someone who's actually more like a friend, they are going to help you with whatever way they can. Yes. Yes, exactly. Because you actually have a real relationship with that person. It's not some surface level, like, here's my business card. Thank you. Here's, here's, you know, th- you know, can I have your business card? Let's make sure we get each other's contact information and set a sales call. Like, it's not about any of the BS. It's just about genuinely caring for another individual. That's right. Yeah. And like, it's that genuine aspect of it. Right. And so again, it takes like a whole mindset change. Like if I was going to think, if I was going to tell somebody in my humble opinion, how to be a good networker, it would be, Hey, be have an open mind to go out there and make really good friends with everybody. Yeah. And, right. and if that's the case, you're going to have tons of good, because then it really does change your whole mindset. Hey, I want to make good relationships. I want to have more friends. I, 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 I want to be genuinely interested in these people. And it takes some work, but I, I've, that served me very well. Now I love making friends and, and I love, and part of being a friend means you get to help other people. When you help other people, they remember that too. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's a big point too, is that treating both of those activities as the same thing, like networking and creating friendships, that's the same thing. And I think that, you know, the older version of networking would tell you that they're two different activities that, you know, you, you make friends with your friends, but then when you're networking, make sure you have your business cards, make sure your, you know, shirt is ironed or whatever. And you have like pens in your front pocket and you, uh, you know, write your name tag, you know, in cursive, like, I, like, you know what I mean? Like they, they treat them as two completely separate activities. Like networking is just some like activity that's going to suck, but you just got to do it because you better, you know, make some new contacts or else you're not going to have anybody to sell stuff to. And then right. it's like friendships. It's like, okay, we'll go to the bar with your existing friends and then hang out with some new people and, um, and play some drinking games and like get to know them and build a friendship. Like that's a friendship. And then over here, that's a business contact and they're completely separate. And I, I just find that typically it's the opposite of that. It's, it's the, the best business, you know, relationships that I have are, are typically ones that started with some sort of a friendship because we were just, you know, genuinely curious in what the other person did. And then we're able to connect for six months, a year, a year and a half before any sort of business is transacted between the two of us or any sort of like real business things happen. You know what I mean? Like there's so much, there's so much real friendship building, relationship building that goes into it before you're looking to cash in on a relationship. And, that, and that's the difference. And that's, that's why I think so many people don't like networking is, be, is that they, they, it's treated as if it's a different activity and nobody likes to go bug a bunch of people that they've never met before about buying their, their product or their service. And it's like, well, yeah, no dub, because that's not what you're supposed to do. But 
some people do it and because they get results from it because they just treat people like a numbers game when they should be treated like a people game, you know, because they get some results from it, they teach it and then try to spread it to everybody else and be like, Hey, use this. It's successful. It works. And, uh, you never see the back end where it's like, you know, Joe Schmo is still a realtor 25 years later that's struggling to move past the six figure mark because all he does is burn through contacts and pitch everybody that he meets to buy his product or service. And it's just like, well, if you want to, to end that game and you want to create like better referral partnerships and long-term relationships where you don't have to treat every Friday night networking activity like a cold calling, you know, extravaganza, then uh, you're going to see much better results in the long run. Oh man, you're so right. That paradigm of, you know, friends are outside work, work is work is, is, I think that's pervasive. I think that's very insightful. And I think that you're right. I mean, not only is it clearly, uh, is there a clear demonstrable success that if you start to merge the two and create general friendships and work, it's far better, but it also will make your life more likable. I mean, exactly. at the yeah, end of the day, we all want to, yeah, at the end of the day, we don't want to just go to work and be miserable for eight hours. Right. We want to enjoy what we do and you want to surround yourself with people that you enjoy. And that's also part of working with people that you like, I, you know, that it's, it, it's, it's sad, but that's really true. And, you know, to your point, one of the, you know, one of the best books, that I have ever read about networking is Keith Ferrazzi's book yeah, on never, never read, alone. read alone. Yeah. And so, cause that was, very, to me, that was a big paradigm shift about giving and right. giving and not looking at the equation of receiving. Mm-hmm. And so every time I always can tell when someone has just read that book because they really go out of their way to help you. And I love it. It's very cool. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think that someone should read that book, but I think one of the parts of that book that was really missed because I think that everything in that book is true. You have to be in the mindset where you want to help people and you want to be, it's the, it's, it's the friendship aspect of it that you're really right. genuinely trying to uh, make good relationships and enjoy it. And, right. and, you know, you, and when for the other person on, on the other side of that table, it's so obvious if someone is just at a networking event, trying to network and they're asking all these questions to see what's in it for them, it sucks. And you don't want to talk to that person Yep. on the other hand. Yeah. yeah, On the other hand, if they just want to have a good time and be themselves and you get to, you know, meet it, that's awesome. And and that's the person you want to hang out with. Well, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right. That last part's the most important part of, of, of what you're saying, because that's going to be the person that people are attracted to do business with anyway is that person who's just having a good time. And like, that's going to be the attractive character, not the person that's like, you know, uh, just going from person to person, spitting out an elevator pitch and handing a business card and then going to the next person. You know, like that person is, is the guy that everybody sees coming to the next networking event. And then they go, Oh man, hopefully he doesn't come up to me and they turn their back and they have closed body language and they hope he doesn't come up to them because they know that all he's going to do is, shoot out a quick elevator pitch that may have been a little bit different from last week's and then give them a brand new hot off the press business card because he had to get more printed from last week's event because he handed all of them out. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it's just this, this, this nasty cycle of, um, of this person that thinks they're doing the right activity and are just completely missing the mark. Um, and, and that's really why the show exists is to help is to help people not be that person. Cause there's not much, I mean, you know, this like, there's nothing in college that tells you how to do this stuff, which is 
totally, totally missing the mark in our education system, which is a whole other conversation, which I'm sure that you are very well versed in. Uh, but before we get into some of those things, let's go ahead and get back into your story here. So uh, that was a, a long rabbit trail, a really good one, but a long one. So let's kind of get back, uh, focus into what you you were up to at that time. So you uh, came in your first startup and then exited and then had another startup and then exited. And then now you're doing online degree. Is that correct? That's right. And, you know, actually, this is a really good story of how challenging it is to go into a new industry where you don't know anybody. Hmm. And I really, and so this was, I mean, as I think we could all agree that if you can tap into your network and you know people who can help you with whatever you're doing, that's always the absolute best way, period. Hmm. If I need to make, if, you know, whatever that is, if you can call someone and get some help, that's the best. I knowingly <laughs> went into an industry where I knew nobody <laughs> and that was really scary and I knew what I was doing and that this was going to be a really hard road, but I felt very passionate that I wanted to make college more affordable and accessible for everybody. Hmm. And, um, and so in doing that, I took the big leap and I had to build an entire network yeah. of people um, from scratch. Again, I left all the industries that I currently work with. I try to keep in touch with everybody, but I, I, I went into it cold turkey. Yeah, right. And how old were you when you did that? So this was, only, I mean, we've, let's see, we're in year three. So I was 37 or 36. So 36 years old after building up multiple networks in a couple different industries and being very successful with a couple different exits, you decide to completely reinvent yourself and your entire network and head into a new industry just because you were passionate about the work that was being done, uh, which I, I, I mean, I can just sit here and applaud, man. I really appreciate you for, for doing that and to solve a problem that is uh, completely pervasive in in basically any young person's life, essentially, really. And, and it, the, the culture is definitely tipping to the side where it's just like, uh, maybe you shouldn't go to college, which is, you know, completely opposite of what everybody's been preaching for the last 50, 60 years. So right. um, can, can you talk a little bit about what your business does and how it helps that audience? Yeah, I'll give you kind of a quick rundown. So, you know, in 60 seconds, someone could come on and register on our platform with no applications, no entrance exams, and start taking as many college level courses as they'd like that we could earn credit towards their degree to lower the price and the time, as well as get all kinds of support and unlock other tuition discounts to lower their uh, cost of education, various universities even further. And we do it all for free. Wow. How? (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. Well, you know, my, my mission here was to look at I, I wanted to solve a big problem, which was that about estimated 35 million working adults are not taking that step back towards higher education. Wow. And I looked at it. Yeah, it's an immense amount. And despite, you know, overwhelming demand to go back, I mean, globalization, robot automation, technological advancements, people need to go back. And I looked at it and I realized that there was a number of impediments that the current community college system wasn't really addressing. And that I knew that we could create a better system to do that. You know, and those impediments would be the financial ones, right? People having to make this big leap to go back to school. Yeah. Um, there's the physical aspects, you know, um, hey, I, I'm a working adult. I can't just leave work three times a week to go to class, you know, that, or, and I can't m- change my life and move halfway around the country. And then the psychological impediments, um, you know, I, can I be successful? Um, you know, things that hold people back from doing anything. Um, yeah, sure. you know, am I going to embarrass myself? Things like that. 
So that's what this was meant to combat. It was a way to wade into the pool. And I knew it had to be free. We, we're going to make a platform. This is going to be the modern alternative to the community college system. It'll help people take that first step, that critical first step, and get that itch again to learn. And then the way that we made it work is that what people, so obviously the benefits for the student are probably fairly obvious, but the benefit for the universities is immense as well, because for the universities, they have a real problem getting students who are motivated, who are going to finish their programs and don't need a lot of extra support on how to use an online management or online learning system and all these things. So our students inherently, as they walk through all these steps, become better students. And so it benefits the universities as well, and they sponsor the entire platform. Wow. Wow. That's, that's insane. Did you have an idea of how you were going to put that together when you started the company? Or was that just like, I have a mission. Does anybody have any ideas? <laughs> yeah, no, no. I wish I could say that. No, I actually, I, I stumbled for a long time with just having the mission and knowing what the problem was to figure out the best way to do it. So no, I can't say that I had this epiphany of what it was. It was a long meandering, tripping over lots of bad ideas and some good to get to where we were at, um, which I really think is now a very powerful offering. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. No kidding. Well, um, listen, man, I know we've been, we've been chatting for a little bit and I uh, got to be respectful of your time. So um, we've already mentioned this and I know your answer because you alluded to it already earlier, but I got to ask it because it's the staple question of the show. And I want to talk about it for a second before we sign off here. Who you know or what you know, Grant, which one of the two is more important and why? Yeah. Who you know. I mean, it just, it's, I've, I've been, I've been proven wrong every single time when I've believed it's been what you know, every mm-hmm. single time. And I just, it amazes me that it even ever comes up as a, as like a consideration in my mind. It, it just comes down to who, you know, and that's, that's everything. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. And I obviously would be on the same page with you there. Grant, thank you so much for coming to the show today, man. Uh, if, if people want to reach out, get to know you a little bit better or learn more about your business, your company, sign up for classes or anything like that. Where should they go to do those things? Yeah, Travis, thank you for having me. I really enjoyed speaking with you. And uh, yeah, you know, obviously the, people can follow the project at onlinedegree.com, you know, whether it could be helpful for you or perhaps not, you know, maybe just keep up with what we're doing, which is really cool. And, uh, and then I'm really active on LinkedIn of all the different platforms. I really like that platform for sharing things. So if you go to LinkedIn, you can search my name, Grant Aldrich, or you can search online degree, you know, reach out and uh, connect with me. It'd be great. Awesome, man. Well, hey, thank you so much for coming to the show today. I know that there's going to be some people that are taking advantage of this because it's a no brainer. You've truly created an offer that is extremely, extremely compelling. So I appreciate you for coming on and I can't wait to uh, chat at some point in the future. Yeah, Charles. Thank you for having me, man. Well, that's it for today's show. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you want more advanced networking strategies, as well as an instant network upgrade, then consider partnering with my BYN Inner Circle Mastermind. There are already dozens of high quality entrepreneurs in the group, dozens of video lessons on networking, monthly calls, there's accountability crews, and more all for the low investment of just $99 a month. So head over to BYNInnerCircle.com to jump in. That's BYNInnerCircle.com. Thanks so much for joining us on today's show. See you next time. And remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. When you need 
mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.